This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. What's up, the guys? I think this is my favorite week of the year. Not only do we get Thanksgiving... Thursday round the clock football and Black Friday, but we also get our 25 semi-finalists for the Hall of Fame. And they were announced this week, and we're going to get to them. But first, let me tell you what's in store for the next two hours. We have this week's Man of the Hour in Green Bay, and nope, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. It's Brett Favre. We're going to be speaking to him. We also have former defensive lineman Roger Brown, who had six sacks. Yeah, count them, six of another Green Bay quarterback. Bart Starr on Thanksgiving 53 years ago. Greatest we turkey the, day ever. Yeah, it was well, one of them. The I kept falling out of the, off the couch. I was like Bart Starr. Well, especially if you lived in Detroit like our Rick Goslin did. And we're the also going to have day, the, That was the greatest day in the history of the NFL. <laughs> you so were on sure clouds that nine and ten. <laughs> greatest day in the history of the NFL is when Tom Brady beat Roger Goodell in court. And we have the first in our greatest rivalry series by talking Packers Bears. We'll also be talking to Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman about Tampa Bay rookie Jameis Winston. We'll hear why Jack Tatum, call him assassin, should have his day at the Hall of Fame. That's got to be Ron, Rick. Uh, and we're going to follow the lead of our president and pardon turkeys. Yep, turkeys of our own choosing. But I mentioned those Hall of Fame semifinalists. And, yep, there they are. But they're not the semifinalists. Those are the turkeys we're going to pardon. There are 25 semifinalists, so let's get to them. It's a group that between now and January is going to be whittled down to 15. And they're, of course, the familiar names like Kurt Warner, Terrell Davis, Orlando Pace, Kevin Green, Tony Dungy, Marvin Harrison, on and on. But they're also three first-year candidates. That's Favre. Terrell Owens, and Alan Fanica. So, Goose, how do you size this group up? Well, let me say, I like the fact there are some older guys on there whose candidacies have been resurrected. Joe Jacoby, Mike Ken, Carl Mecklenburg, and Sam Mills. It shows that the committee has been doing its homework. Ken, Mecklenburg, and Mills have never been in the room as finalists, and I think all deserve that opportunity. Too many great players have fallen through the cracks over the years in a rush to crown the latest as the greatest. So I'm, I'm glad at least a few of the folks are, are still in discussion. I'll let Ron handicap the field. Well, Ron, I hope you've been doing your homework. You got any upsets sure. here? Uh, well, uh, the one that I'm pleasantly surprised to see, I don't know if he's going to make it into the room or not, is Mike Ken, uh, 17 years with the Falcons, started 250, all every game ever played, and he started 251 games. I left tackle, five-time Pro Bowler and three-time All-Pro, and you guys have heard me talk about these kind of guys before. I'm the patron saint of lost causes when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Uh, committee and uh, you know he's one of these guys who uh, I think got lost because his team didn't win enough they didn't win uh, back in the day and they're not winning enough today either but uh, unfortunately for Mike Ken that's kept him off the radar for a long time so I think uh, that to me was was interesting to see Morton Anderson's back again he's uh, certainly a kicker deserves to be in there one was actually was accurate unlike the one kicker Jan Stenrud who is in there but we all know the bias against against kickers whether that's going to finally end or not. And, of course, there's my personal slam dunk choice, which is Ty Law, the cornerback from the uh, from the Patriots. And we'll see what happens there. Well, I mentioned first-year candidates. There are also a couple of newcomers here, uh, linebacker Sam Mills and tackle Tony, tackle Tony Baselli, uh, and their first-time semifinalists, and both of whom 
We're excluded from last year's list. Uh, we lost Darren Woodson, friend of the show, from a year ago. So, Goose, your reaction to that? Well, Baselli is an all-decade player. All-decade players should have a pass into the semifinalist in their first year of eligibility. You know, Ooh, Baselli, like Baselli had to wait eight years to reach semifinals for the first time. There are, there are 73 all-decade players through the 1980s, not enshrined in Canton, and 60 of them have never even been discussed as finalists. Now, that's a flaw in the selection process. If you are deemed one of the best players of your generation, you deserve to be considered among the best players of all time. Too many great players are falling through the cracks. Ron, I tell you, didn't fall through the cracks. Don't you like that, Clark? That's a good idea by the gooser. Of course, they're all good ideas. That's That's why it'll never happen. Exactly. (laughs) That's why who didn't fall through the cracks, Ron? Three head coaches, Coriel. Don Coriel, Jimmy Johnson, Tony Dungy, they made the cut. Uh, you see them making it through to the final 15 as they did a year ago? Well, I think to, uh, they may, but uh, they actually should hope they don't because I think when you have uh, two, especially three or more uh, people at the same position, in this case head coach, they tend to uh, negate each other and, and nobody moves uh, forward. Uh, I think they all have flaws that are obvious. Uh, you know, Coriel's uh, winning percentage uh, in the playoffs, three and six, no Super Bowls. Uh, Jimmy Johnson only has 80 wins, and Dungy, of course, the same problem with uh, with Super Bowls. Meanwhile, Dan Reef sits out there with a better record probably than all of them. Well, there's no flaws in this process. We're going to get more on this group later. Up next, the man Green Bay can't and won't forget, talking about Brett Favre. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. For over 75 years, Geico's kept an eye on the future, keeping customers happy with things like 24-7 customer support and emergency roadside service. And to prove it, here's one of our commercials from over 75 years ago. At GEICO, we promise to always find innovative new ways to serve you. In fact, we're so innovative, in 75 years, they'll listen to this old radio commercial and think, wow, they were innovative. Wow, we are innovative. GEICO, saving people money for over 75 years. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, it's not enough to go on a weekend jog. Nowadays, so-called fun runs have barbed wire, mud bogs, and flaming hoops. Can poison blow darts be far behind? But Motel 6 is a safe stop in the long or short run. Always a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain. Book online at motel6.com. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Ow, was that a blow? Every single time you cough, a small miracle occurs. You create a cough cloud. Thousands of liquid droplets exit your mouth, shimmering like stars surfing on your breath. If you could see this cloud of saliva, it would be beautiful until it landed on your co-worker Barbara's chin. Or don't get Barbara sick. Take Robitussin DM Max instead. It soothes and delivers fast, powerful cough relief. Robitussin DM Max, because it's never just a cough. Use as directed. Football season is here, and you can catch all the games inside Public House at Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Come to the ultimate Vegas tailgate party, presented by Luxor, December 4th, 5th, and 6th. Football fans score big with drink and food specials all weekend long, and a special appearance and chalk talk with the legendary Jerry Rice on Sunday the 6th. Luxor is the place to catch all your football action. Luxor.com, best rate guarantee. And catch the Talk of Fame show live at the Luxor on Sunday, December 6th. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Bang around your face. 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 Bang around your face
Hey, the Talk of Fame Network is about to go places. In fact, we're going to Las Vegas and the Luxor Hotel for a December 6th show and interviews. You know what? You get started early by coming to the ultimate tailgate party on December 4th, 5th, and 6th, presented by Luxor, where you can score big with food and drink specials all weekend long. Hall of Famer Jerry Rice is going to be there. He's going to be doing a chalk talk for the 49ers-Bears game at the Luxor Public House Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. So if you're in the area, come by and see us or drop by and see Jerry. Luxor is the best place to catch all the football action. That's Luxor.com, best rate guaranteed. It's a big week for the Green Bay Packers, too, and not just because they play the Bears, but because they honor one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. Brett Favre, who was honored at Lambeau this summer, has his number retired there Thanksgiving night, and it brought back memories for us, like the memory of interviewing Brett earlier this year on the Talk of Fame Network. We heard part of that conversation then, but this is our chance to empty the vaults, and we will. Here, then, is our conversation with Brett Favre. Hey, Brett, in your early days at Green Bay, Mike Holmgren ran a staff that included future head coaches Andy Reid, Steve Mariucci, John Gruden, and Marty Morningway. Which one was the most instrumental in your development as an NFL quarterback? Well, without a doubt, it's Steve Mariucci. Now, that that being said, all those guys uh, played a part. Um, I, I was extremely blessed to have great coaches. And most importantly, Steve Mariucci, because at that time, he was in my corner. Uh, and he kind of he was the, the liaison, if you will, between Mike and myself. Now, you know, and I know you guys know this. Uh, it's been well documented, but some people may not know. Mike Holmgren took over in Green Bay after coaching Joe Montana and Steve Young. So you can imagine going from those two to to me was, oh, you know, like kind of like having a child and then 15 years later having another child and having to relearn all that stuff again. And, and that's what Mike Holmgren went through. So having Steve Mariucci, who was was young, was energetic, was was not biased to any other players on the team, uh, really was in my corner. He spoke up for me. He was, I mean, he was awesome. He and still to this day, he's like family to me. And and Steve and I remain very close and talk all the time. Um, and it was, and to be honest with you, when he left, it was devastating um, to me and. Um, fortunately I got over it and I, and I do remember when Steve left, Mike called me in the off season and he said, look, I just want you to know, I'm going to make Andy Reed, our quarterback coach. And my, my, honestly, my, my first thought was, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, and, and I say, and I say that I liked Andy. I really liked Andy a lot, but Andy was a grinder. He wore those tight ends out in meetings. I mean, they just. I mean, he was, he was just, it was like he didn't have any fun. Now, when he took over as my coach, we had a blast. We grinded, but it was, it was not what I envisioned. Um, we had a lot of fun. He was extremely bright. Um, he, you know, he didn't play quarterback. He played line at, at BYU, but he knew the quarterback position in and out. I was very impressed. And, and again, when he left, it was it was difficult, um, but I was around so many good coaches and, and a lot of young ones at that. John Gruden was outstanding. You know, no one knew who he was. He was outstanding. Marty Morningwig, you know, Mike just. I mean, he he either knew these guys. Of course, Marty he coached in high school, but Marty was was 
was another one. I mean, I just was so lucky to have these coaches at that time in my career that really fall along the same wavelength that, that I did. Brett, it, it, it amazes me that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl and you won only one. How important was that victory? How did that one Super Bowl victory shape both your career and your legacy? Well, you know, I would, I, I'll say this. I was naive, and I thought, well, heck, we'll go back, and we'll win several more. And I, I'm sure so many quarterbacks have thought the same way. And, what, and, and basically what that tells me and, and should tell everyone, it is hard to get back. First of all, it is hard to win. And I, Jim Kelly is a good, uh, close personal friend of mine. And I have said to Jim, we've hunted uh, uh, numerous times in different places, and we always get back to talking football with a bunch of guys. And and I always say, say the same thing to Jim. Yeah, you didn't win a Super Bowl, but let me tell you, to go four times consecutively, uh, to go one time, whether you win it or not, is, is quite an accomplishment, something you should be proud of. To go four times is, you know, is amazing. And, and so I don't knock his career because he didn't win one, um, much like Marino, and I don't think people do that. But I don't, you know, I mean, there's so much that goes into getting to a Super Bowl besides the quarterback, and there's so much that goes into being a part of a winning team in the Super Bowl besides the quarterback. So I think, you know, uh, what, what that basically says is the quarterback gets way more glory than he should, and he probably gets way more of the blame. I don't think quarterbacks should be labeled with wins and losses. I think head coaches, yeah, because they have to coach the defense, the offense, the special teams. They have to coordinate all these things where a quarterback does it. A quarterback can have a just an average game and win a Super Bowl. A quarterback can have an average playoff uh, run and, and get to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, you can play lights out in the Super Bowl and lose. So I, I think it's unfair to give the wins and the losses to the quarterback. Um, but but I do know by winning one, it does give you a sigh of relief that that pressure is off of you. Now, what that what that means, I don't know. Uh, because it's still to get back and win it. You know, you were always thought of as a gunslinger. And, you know, back in the day when I was a young guy starting out as a writer, I was around Ken Stable all the time, who to me was the ultimate gunslinger, you know, unafraid of anything. Uh, and thinking back on your uh, career, obviously sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. If I told you you could have one pass back uh, from your career, one pass that you wish you hadn't thrown, does one immediately come to mind? Uh, well, it has to be uh, the pass in Minnesota. Uh, well, it was actually in New Orleans uh, that uh, that ended our playoff run, and uh, I, I thought we were well on our way to the Super Bowl, and. Um, you know, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't a, a bad decision in, in some respects, but, I, I mean, I, I just didn't trust the, that I could run for the first down. When I looked at the film, I was devastated. Was Sidney Rice open? Yeah, he was, but I didn't have enough juice to get it there. I couldn't even move. And had, had I had that, I, I, you know, I could have gotten the ball there. Um, but – you know, in hindsight, I, you know, I should have ran the ball or tried to run the ball. Uh, you know, we were, we were we were in field goal range, and then we were bounced out uh, by a few yards. And and I think I could have got that running. Um, and, and uh, you know, that probably – there were other times in my career I just thought I could gun them in there. 
this was probably more I didn't think I could get to the first down because I'd, I'd hurt my ankle at, and actually my hamstring the previous two drives and was was probably in the worst pain that I'd ever been in playing. And and I doubted what I could do. And and it, it turns out to be a, an awful decision. Brett, last question for me, and we're with Brett Favre on the Talk of Fame Network. I want to ask you to play Ron Wolf for one minute here. You're the GM of my team. You're not on the board, but four quarterbacks are. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, John Elway. Which one do you take? Without knowing what they were capable of doing, without knowing what they were going to do, um, I would say by, by far John Elway. I mean, you know, if you, if you were able to see into the future, I would say Joe Montana. But just based on them coming out of college, I would have taken John Elway. I thought he he offered you so many options uh, and was really ahead of the game with arm strength and, and mobility. Um, I, I just don't see how you couldn't have taken him. But, of course, it, you know, seeing into the future, it would be hard to not take Tom Brady or Joe Montana based on their Super Bowls. But I, to me, Joe Montana was the most polished, and perfect quarterback I have ever seen. He just seemed to never do anything wrong. Brett, one last one for me. You're being inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame this summer. How important was it for you to have the fences mended with a franchise that you helped restore to greatness? Well, I mean, it, it, it means a tremendous amount. Uh, you know, I, I I felt like once my career was over that just like with anything else, time heals a lot of things. And, and I knew that going to Minnesota – and and having to play against Green Bay, how you know how could you sit there in Lambeau Field and root for me? You know, I mean, maybe maybe under your breath you could. So I, I knew that that would be a difficult couple of years. But I felt like when time kind of moved on a year or so after I retired, that things would would kind of get back into a a, a better pattern. And that has been the case. And getting this. I say getting it behind us. I mean, I think we're we're well beyond that now, and everything uh, to me is fine. I mean, the fan support has been tremendous. Um, in fact, I mean, it's it's been better than tremendous um, with, with an outpouring of of this Hall of Fame induction. So I could not be more pleased with where things are now. Um, but I'm not surprised. The Packer fans are they're different. They're 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 like no other, and I think you guys know that. And and it's a special place. Hey, Brad, what would the gold jacket mean to you? Well, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, and, and this is no disrespect and no, nothing negative. I always dreamed as a young child of playing in the National Football League. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I knew if you asked me at seven years old what I was going to do, I was going to tell you play pro football. And if you had asked me at 17, the same thing. I never wavered from my dream. But I never dreamed of Hall of Fame. I never dreamed of Pro Bowls. I never dreamed of MVPs. I really didn't. So all those things to me are, are tremendous honors and, and uh, achievements that that it was way more than I ever could have dreamed of. And to, you know, so I, I'm not hanging on a phone call to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a tremendous honor to be to be even be considered, first of all, but to be able to play in the National Football League in itself to me is an honor that that not too many people get to to experience. And so 
my career is capped. It doesn't have to be capped off by the Hall of Fame. That's not to say I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. I think every player would love to, me included. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is I'm just honored that I got a chance to do it and do it for so long and achieve so many things that I never dreamed of. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. And, and to, to be capped off not only the Packer Hall of Fame, but the NFL Hall of Fame is just, you know, I don't even, words can't describe it. Hey, Brett, we're going to take a break. Can you stick around for a second? Yeah. We're going to return with Brett Favre after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. And now, a touching moment while staying in touch with Geico. Just the other night, as I gazed up into the sky, I saw a shooting star. In that moment, I made a wish that Geico would be available 24-7, by phone, on the web, or with the Geico app. After that, I realized my wish had already come true. So basically, I had just wasted a perfectly good wish. Then I started to think about dolphins and felt better right away. Geico. Anywhere. Anytime. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Since being introduced to households and businesses over 35 years ago, the family of Simple Green products has grown. But one thing all of them share is my full commitment to their excellence. Simple Green. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at SimpleGreen.com. Simple Green. Simple Green. Awesome, a 39-piece school set. Daddy, what's a jack? A two-ton jack, sweetie. Here, Daddy's going to keep these safe for you in the garage, okay? This weekend only, head to AutoZone for great deals on gifts, like a two-ton Duralast trolley jack for just $17.99. Or other great deals on a 39-piece Duralast tool set or a 51-piece screwdriver set. Huge savings on great gifts you're sure to, sorry, your family is sure to love. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Well, as I mentioned to you earlier, the Talk of Fame Network, yeah, we're about to go places. We're going to Las Vegas and the Luxor Hotel for a December 6th show and interviews. You can get started early by coming to the ultimate tailgate party on December 4th. Fifth and sixth. Three days, that is ultimate. Presented by Luxor, where you can score big with food and drink specials all weekend long. Hall of Famer Jerry Rice is going to be there. He's going to be doing a chalk talk for the 49ers-Bears game at the Luxor Public House. That's Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. So if you're in the area, stop by and see Jerry. Or stop by and see Rick Goslin and me. Ron, he's sitting this one out. Anyway, Luxor is the best place to catch all the football action. That's Luxor.com. Best rate guaranteed. Tell you, we're also brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And speaking of guarantees, we're also brought to you by Proactive, where for $19.95, you get Proactive and a deep rotating cleansing brush valued at $45. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Better yet, you get clear and stay clear 
or your money back guarantee. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. And speaking of guaranteed, we guaranteed we'd be back with Hall of Fame candidate Brett Favre, and we are. He was honored this week by the Green Bay Packers, and it's about time. We spoke to Brett earlier this year, and here's more of what he had to say. Hey, Brett, what would the gold jacket mean to you? Well, you know, I tell people this all the time, and, and this is no disrespect and no, nothing negative. I always dreamed as a young child of playing in the National Football League. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I knew if you asked me at seven years old what I was going to do, I was going to tell you play pro football. And if you had asked me at 17, the same thing. I never wavered from my dream. But I never dreamed of Hall of Fame. I never dreamed of Pro Bowls. I never dreamed of MVPs. I really didn't. So all those things to me are, are tremendous honors and, and uh, achievements that that it was way more than I ever could have dreamed of. And to, you know, so I, I'm not hanging on a phone call to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a tremendous honor to be to be, even be considered. First of all, but to be able to play in the National Football League in itself to me is an honor that that not too many people get to to experience. And so my career is capped. It doesn't have to be capped off by the Hall of Fame. That's not to say I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. I think every player would love to, me included. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is I'm just honored that I got a chance to do it and do it for so long and achieve so many things that I never dreamed of. You know, I just, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. And, and to, to be capped off, not only the Packer Hall of Fame, but the NFL Hall of Fame is just, you know, I don't even, words can't describe it. One, one last thing for me, uh, Brett. Uh, you had an unusual circumstance. Everybody remembers their first pass completion, I'm sure, if they ever get to as far as the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's coming. But not everybody completes yeah. it to the person you did. Uh, <laughs> could you <laughs> tell us that story? You know what? As we sit here talking, are we surprised? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, you know, I mean, I, I think it's so, it, it, it's so comical, um, and, and just, um, you know, what better way to start your career, but complete your first pass to yourself. Uh, <laughs> lo and behold, what a, what a great career it was going to be after that, but it was going to be a whirlwind along the way. And, and that's what it was. And it's made for a trivia question one that i use all the time hey brett i wanted to ask you one other thing do you you know when i went up to green bay the year after you were you were sent away they had t-shirts up there that said they had the state of Illinois, the state of wisconsin pictured and it said we'll never forget you and your picture was on it we'll never forget you brent b-r-e-n-t right. did you, yeah did you did you ever yeah, that, that? I thought that was funny i thought it was very creative i thought it was funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Brett. Thanks so much. Really thanks, appreciate. It. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Okay. Take care. Great. All right. All right. Take care. Well, that was Hall of Fame candidate Brett Favre. You talk about creative. He was one of the most creative quarterbacks in the world. He's also one of the 25 semifinalists for the class of 2016. But boy, he talks about creative fans. This was one of the most creative guys on the field. And Goose, I'm going to ask you first your favorite Brett Favre moment, either on or off the field. Well, it's it's not a particular play or even a game. It's it's a character trait. Brett Favre. What I loved about Brett Favre is he cleaned up his own mess. There's, no one threw more interceptions in history than Brett Favre. But when he threw one, he went to make the tackle. He didn't he didn't run off, trot off the field, and get out of the way. He went to hit somebody. I think he had like 20 career tackles. 
I always respected him because he was a football player who played quarterback, not a quarterback who was playing football. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and Ronnie, I know you saw Brett Favre a lot over the years. Do you have a favorite game, favorite moment, interview, whatever, Brett Favre? Well, I have a favorite moment, but I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell it to you on the radio. But uh, the, my favorite thing about him, though, was as great a player as he was. The thing I f- liked about him the most was, uh, you know, when he would just get blasted by one of these defensive linemen, uh, and he would get up and you know slap them in the helmet and be laughing with them. The joy of playing football right. was right. so obvious whenever he was out there. Just the pure kid's joy. He was ten. He was t- he was you know one of the luckiest guys. Well, he got to be ten until he was forty, uh, because he just loved football. And you only had to watch him for five minutes to to realize this guy wasn't going to work. Well, Ronnie, let me, loved it. Let me throw out one more thing that I, I there was a playoff game in St. Louis where he threw five interceptions, and he came to the post game interview and he sat there for fifteen minutes answering every question. You know we've all seen the temperamental quarterbacks who are in a bad mood when they have a bad game. Brett Favre sat there and answered every question. I, I have a complete respect for him as a professional. Hey, Coos, how about those quarterbacks who give you a tough time after they've had a good time, after yeah. they've had a good game? Those guys with bad moves after good games. I, I agree with Ron on this. I think his enthusiasm is what resonated with people. I mean, he was childlike, and I, I don't know that there was a more popular quarterback. He might not have been the best out there. He certainly was one of the best, but don't you think that sort of – caught fire with with people uh who didn't know brett Favre or who weren't packer fans he had yeah, as much no, fun he had as much fun in practice as he did in games yeah right yeah he just loved playing playing it was he was really playing you know, other guys might have been working he was playing and i think that everybody could see that whether you were a fan of the packers or not uh and you you came to love the guy because it was so you know it was so obvious he was not trying to hide his love for his job. I mean, it was it was really fascinating to watch, and especially as he got older, and you know he's going through aches and pains and physically right. can't be feeling very good. Uh, but it, when he was on the field, it didn't matter. Yeah, and, and I especially remember I asked you about great moments. Remember that game, Monday night game, after his father passed away? Yes, that was he, he, incredible. Just lit it up. The Raiders. The Raiders. Yes. I'll tell you somebody who can light it up. Hit it, Derek. That's right. Our Hall of Famer, Rick Goslin. He's not a semifinalist for Canton. He's a member of the class of 2004. True story. Los Lobos. I said, Rick Goslin, <laughs> you say Los Lobos. We say Dr. Data. Rick's our answer man for just about everything. And today, Goose, you going to tell us why you like Kevin Green's chances for the Hall? Yes, sir. If you trust history, you have to like Kevin Green's chances at election to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this February. He's the only edge pass rusher in the slate of 25 semifinalists for the class of 2016. And the Hall of Fame Selection Committee loves those edge rushers. Love Since em. 2000, there have been 15 edge rushers selected to the Hall of Fame, tops of any position or skill set. Wide receivers next with 10, followed by cornerback and running back with nine apiece. There has been an edge pass rusher elected in 12 of the 16 classes since 2000, including at least one in four of the last five years. From Howie Long in 2000 to Charles Haley in 2015. From Reggie White to Bruce Smith to Derek Thomas to Ron's boy Andre Tippett. If you can rush the passer, there's a place for you in Canton. Richard Dent waited his turn to get in seven years so did charles haley six years and derek thomas five years but weights tend to be rewarded 
for those great rushers. This is Kevin Green's ninth time as a semifinalist and potentially his fifth time as a finalist. He ranks third on the all-time sack list with 160, and he did it from the more difficult side, the strong side, where he had to weed through heavier traffic on his way to the quarterback. Kevin Green has waited long enough. History says it's time to commission a bus for him. Well, Goose, as, as you mentioned, he's already been a finalist uh, four times and very likely to be one a fifth time. But my sense in the room has always been the people are almost a bit luke, lukewarm about him. Uh, and I don't know why exactly, but uh, what could derail him at this point? Oh, just the fact that he was a free agent and played for several teams. You know, people say, why does he keep jumping around? And, and you know, why didn't he ever win? But you're, you're judging him on what he did on the field as a player, not what his team did. Only two players in history got to the quarterback more often than Kevin Green. It's time to, and he played in conference championship games. It's time to give him his due. Hey, Goose, quickly, but in, in a salary cap era, that jumping around teams, don't you think it's an unfair criticism? I mean, we look at Rod Woodson, for instance, Deion Sanders. They played for a multitude of teams. Well, as you guys know, uh, the people on this committee tend to look for reasons not to enshrine players. Right. And this is an easy with no championships in all those teams. Well, I'm not going to look for a reason not to go to an ad. I'm looking for a reason to go. The clock, when we return, it's more on the <laughs> Hall of Fame class of 2016 and the case for former Oakland safety Jack Tatum. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Every single time you cough, a small miracle occurs. You create a cough cloud. Thousands of liquid droplets exit your mouth, shimmering like stars surfing on your breath. If you could see this cloud of saliva, it would be beautiful until it landed on your co-worker Barbara's chin. Or don't get Barbara sick. Take Robitussin DM Max instead. It soothes and delivers fast, powerful cough relief. Robitussin DM Max, because it's never just a cough. Use as directed. Football season is here, and you can catch all the games inside Public House at Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Come to the ultimate Vegas tailgate party, presented by Luxor, December 4th, 5th, and 6th. Football fans score big with drink and food specials all weekend long, and a special appearance and chalk talk with the legendary Jerry Rice on Sunday the 6th. Luxor is the place to catch all your football action. Luxor.com, best rate guarantee. And catch the Talk of Fame show live at the Luxor on Sunday, December 6th. There is nothing like driving to the classics. <laughs> I think the wipers are out of tune. Come into AutoZone for a huge selection of wiper blades so you can see the road and restore harmony to your world. See your way through the season and get a $10 AutoZone gift card by mail when you buy two Rain-X Quantum wiper blades. You must buy two. Restrictions and details at store. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Hall of Fame host Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by My Clean PC. If your computer runs slowly, and whose doesn't, 
Go to mycleanpc.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up what may be slowing it down. That's mycleanpc.com. We're also brought to you by Proactive, where for $19.95, you can get Proactive and a deep rotating cleansing brush failed at $45. Better yet, you get clear and you stay clear or your money back. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. Earlier this program, we talked about the Hall's list of 25 semifinalists, which was announced this week. And Brett Favre is not only on it, he's the one slam dunk. But before we go deeper into this year's candidates, Goose, simple question. Greatest Packers quarterback of all time. Favre, Bart Starr. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, if you assume that all three are great, all three are Hall of Famers, then I'll go with Favre because he set a record that may never be broken. 297 consecutive starts. Not That's not just at quarterback. That's at any position. I saw the guy play one game with a cast on his foot. He was always there. And like Ron preaches, the most important part of ability, Ron, is availability. No player at any position has been more available and more talented than Brett Favre. Well, as I said, he's one of 25 semifinalists, and I want to get back to that list as we did earlier in the show. He's the most likely to be elected, but Ron, on this list, I'm looking for a long shot that could sneak through to the final 15 in the next two months. You got one for me? Well, I do. I have a couple, uh, but the guy I really would love to see is Sam Mills, uh, the great and very underrated linebacker. Uh, I hope he finally gets his day in court. He's a five-time Pro Bowl player. He's a three-time All-USL, USFL player. This is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, he was a key player, as you guys know, in that Saints Dome Patrol defense of the early 90s that killed everybody. Uh, and late in his career, he went to Cal- Carolina uh, when they were anchoring. You know, he really anchored an expansion team uh, that played tremendously early on, and he was a big reason why. Uh, we all know, of course, he unfortunately passed way sooner than he should have at 45 from stomach uh, cancer. He was coaching the Panthers at the time. And, uh, you know, he's just one of those great players who, who's been under the radar, and, and it's not just because he was only five foot nine. Great player. Clark, I'm, I'm going to be selfish here, but I'm hoping for a safety, a particular safety. This is the fifth time Steve Atwater has been a semifinalist without right. ever reaching the finals. As an all-decade player and an impact player on a championship team, Atwater deserves to be discussed. Well, as you guys know, I mean, we also have three coaches on here, one of them who's Don Coriel, a friend of the show. Terrell Davis made it. Morton Anderson made it. Spartans. Friend of the show. Jimmy Johnson and friend of the show, John Lynch also made it. They also all made the cut to 15 a year ago. But Goose, I'm going to ask you this. Who did not make the cut to 10 last year of these guys? Which one of these guys do you think finally makes the breakthrough to well, the last I would 10 th- this year? I, I think Morton Anderson has the best chance because he's the game's all-time leading scorer. There have been more productive running backs in Davis more successful coaches than Coriolan Johnson and more prolific safeties than Lynch. But there has never been a more productive kicker in NFL history than Anderson. And, of course, he's a Spartan. The Spartan. That's right. Hey, well, (laughs) I want to congratulate all these guys on making it to 25. I don't care how many get to 15. To get to 25 is something. Uh, I can almost remember the day when I made it to 25. How about you, Ron? (laughs) 25 years old. Yeah. Barely made it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this list is going to be cut to 15 and announced in January. Then the three of us are going to go into the room that day. Uh, Well, it's the day before Super Bowl 50. And with 43 others, decide who comprises the class of 2016. Or another way of looking at it is who joins Brett Favre in that class. One name, of course, you're not going to hear. 
Oakland defensive back Jack Tatum. He's in the senior category, which is players who have been out of the game 25 years or longer. Rick and Ron, you're on the seniors committee. Ron, not surprisingly, thinks the assassin, as Tatum called himself, should be in a Hall of Fame conversation. Ronnie, you wrote about it this week on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. So how about telling us about it? Well, Clark, you know, upon Jack Tatum's death in 2010, uh, I love that song, uh, New York Times obituary called him a symbol of a violent game. That's the reason many believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame and the reason he likely will never get there. For a decade, Jack Tatum was the most feared tackler in the NFL, a brooding presence in the rear of a Raider secondary that terrorized receivers foolhardy enough to cross the middle. He never made that clearer than in Super Bowl XI when he unloaded on the Vikings wide receiver Sammy White, knocking White unconscious, his helmet flying five yards backwards as Tate counted him out. It was a hit that set the tone for the day, which turned into a Raider route. Thirty years after retirement, NFL Films ranked the top ten most feared tacklers of all time. Jack Tatum was sixth, behind my personal favorite Dick Butkus, Goose's favorite Night Drain Lane, the Night Train. Clark's favorite Lawrence Taylor, Ronnie Lott, and Hardy Brown. Hardy, Hardy. Brown's uh, he is the only guy not in the Hall of Fame. Tate once said, my idea of a good hit is when the victim wakes up on the sidelines with train whistles blowing in his head. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, he also said, I like to believe that my best hits border on felonious assault. Felonious. And unfortunately, that attitude is what may be getting him out, keeping him out of the hall because on August 12, 1978, as you guys know, that attitude led to calamitous consequences. In an innocuous <laughs> exhibition game against the Patriots, Tatum leveled wide receiver Darryl uh, Stingley with his trademark forearm and shoulder to the head. The hit broke Darryl Stingley's neck. He never walked again. Jack Tatum paid his own price for that for the rest of his life. There was no flag on the play because there was no foul. It was a common practice, uh, a commonplace occurrence in an uncommonly violent time in pro football. Stingley's old coach, Chuck Fairbanks, once said to me, I saw replays many, many times, and many times Jack Tatum was criticized, but there wasn't anything at the time that was illegal about that play. Despite that, the narrative became that the man called assassin not only violently assaulted a defenseless receiver, but was callous about it. Tatum would tell you the first was his job. But here's a guy now who had 37 career interceptions, nine fumble recoveries, a feared reputation. There's no disputing any of that. But he's never gotten anywhere near the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he, he ever will. And the reason is that hit. Hey, Ron, had Stingley not been paralyzed, how would Tatum be perceived in the pages of the history book? Well, I think that he at least would have had uh, his time of debate with the Hall of Fame committee. He was a feared, feared guy. A guy who plays as hard as he did in the style in which he did and still ends up in Pro Bowls, it's not because it's a, it's a personality contest. People knew what a great and fearsome player he was, uh, but that all got erased by that one hit. Well, that's the second that we've got to run. This is the two-minute drill, and I'll be calling the plays this weekend. Rick and Ron are in the huddle, and our producer, Derek Burns, yeah, he's going to be running the clock. So, guys, let's get it started. Baltimore lost Terrell Suggs, Steve Smith. Justin Forsett and Joe Flacco to season-ending injuries. So what should Ravens fans be thankful for? Two Lombardi trophies already tucked away in the trophy case. They don't have to listen to any more Ray Lewis motivational speeches. <laughs> Miles Standish, Miles Austin, or Buddy Miles? Growing up in Detroit, it would be Eddie Miles, a former all-star forward of the Pistons, a silky smooth shooter. His nickname was Golden Arm. <laughs> Forget that. Miles Davis or Buddy Guy? Hot jazz or low blues, turkey day, a hot day to trot. Best Thanksgiving tradition, Macy's Parade, turkey and pumpkin pie, 
or another Lions loss? Come on, turkey and pumpkin pie. Growing up in Detroit, my memories were of the Hudson Thanksgiving Parade and a Lions victory. What's a Hudson? Ah. What the heck? <laughs> turkey and pie. Come on, as the great Raymond Berry once said to me, you like pie? I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> I like pie. I also like yours so vain. If it weren't about Warren Beatty, guys, which NFLer would qualify? Pick an elite receiver, any elite receiver. Let's go with Des Bryant when he throws up the X. Chip Kelly, he was so vain, he'd rather lose with his guys than win with Andy Reid's. <laughs> Favorite Thanksgiving memory, Clint Longley versus Washington, Randy Moss versus Dallas, Leon Lett versus Miami, or Ron Borges versus the drumstick? Leon Lett versus Miami. Just when you think you've seen everything, a new way to lose surfaces. Borges with a drumstick is a Hall of Fame moment, but you cannot beat Leon Lett's brain freeze in icy weather. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your Hall of Fame vote? Terrell Owens? Buck Owens? Or Tammy Terrell. Tammy Terrell, hands down. She and Marvin Gaye were a better combination than Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Oh, <laughs> Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Ain't Tammy no mountain Terrell. high enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> you get to choose the Grand Marshal this year's Macy's Parade. So who is it? Michigan State football coach Mark D'Antonio for his victory last oh, weekend over Ohio State. Come God, on. God, you shameless Spartacus. Look, this is the easiest one. Of all these questions, Clark, this is the easiest one. John Jaskrepsky and Jim McNally, because you never know when you need to inflate or deflate something. <laughs> Turducken, Turkey Jones, or Speedy Duncan? Turkey Jones, because I've always liked the defense line who played like an angry gobbler. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. It's got to be turkey. <laughs> Complete this phrase. You know it's Thanksgiving when? You start hearing Christmas music on the radio. When 50 Chinese relatives are in my house saying things I cannot understand and bringing a Chinese turkey. You're Dean Blandino. How do you fix an officiating problem that's off the rails? Resign and let someone else dig out of the hole you've dug for officiating. That's easy. Make them full-time employees, not part-time field hands. That's going to do it for the first hour, but don't go anywhere. We have Roger Brown. Thanksgiving pardons. Packers, Bears, and what's going on with Jameis Winston when we return. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. These days, the Internet is full of quizzes to find out what kind of fruit you are or what movie character you're most like or what state you belong in. Well, take it from this tangerine space cop who apparently belongs in Alaska. You won't find any quizzes at motel6.com. Just lots of clean, comfortable rooms for the lowest price of any national chain. Now, let's see. Am I more like a mild Swiss or a smoked Gouda? Well, I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green, the iconic cleaning formula known around the globe. Since being introduced to households and businesses over 35 years ago, the family of Simple Green products has grown. But one thing all of them share is my full commitment to their excellence. Simple Green. Try a Simple Green product today, and if you're not 100% satisfied, I'll refund your money. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green. Simple Green. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin. And your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. Coming up in this hour, we'll talk to former defensive lineman Roger Brown, man who sacked Bart Starr six 
times in the Thanksgiving Day Massacre of 1962, as well as talk about the Packers-Bears game in the first of our series in the NFL's best and biggest rivalries. We'll also hear from Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman on Tampa Bay rookie Jameis Winston, who should be thankful for what's happening to him these days. But first, well, first, guys, it's an annual tradition in this country for the President of the United States to pardon a turkey. And this year's lucky guy, he was from Foster Farms in California. Let's hear it for him. He flew to Washington from SFO on Monday on a United Airlines flight dubbed <laughs> Turkey One. You can't make this stuff up. And was joined by an alternate turkey who was accompanied by a mock Secret Service detail. Bottom line, the turkeys are going to be spared an untimely end. And that got me to thinking, why don't we do the same thing on this program? I mean, spare turkeys. That's right, spare them. If the president could do it, so can we. And let's waste no time. Derek, get ready to take names and numbers because we're going to start pardoning this year's turkeys. And I'll start with one of my favorites, Philip Rivers. Poor guys, two and eight, stuck in a six-game spin cycle, two and eight, destined to finish another year out of the playoffs, except this will be the worst finish of his career. It's just in. It isn't his fault. There have been injuries, but no defense. Offensive line stinks. No running game. Franchise may be leaving. And did I mention there have been injuries? Yet Philip Rivers is thrown for a gazillion yards, trying to keep the Titanic afloat. I admire this guy more than I can say, and do not repeat. Do not want him included in the criticism and abuse that's coming to this team. Derek, pardon Philip Rivers. I'm going to grant a turkey pardon to Roger Goodell to spare him the, oh. for the wrath of Clark Judge. <laughs> Clark has been riding shotgun on the Tom Brady bandwagon for over a year now, and Goodell has been subjected to weekly shots in this show from our favorite co-host. Not that <laughs> Goodell doesn't deserve them, but I'm going to award him amnesty for this holiday season for one weekend anyway. Let the man enjoy his turkey dinner. Pardon him, Derek. That would be me and Judge Berman taking shots at him. Ronnie. Another shot. Yet Judge another Roy shot. Bean, more like it. Well, I'm going to really bend over backwards in my pardon. Let's pardon the officials. Look, are, are there any greater turkeys than these guys? Give them a break. They have collectively and individually had a bad season, no question about it. And it's a season that never seems to end. Uh, they're in more meetings than a congressional caucus, and they get things right just about as often. But don't blame them. What do you expect from shift workers? They're seasonal workers, farm workers in zebra-striped shirts. What other organization uses part-time officials? You think the owners hire part-time lawyers? You think they have part-time accountants moonlighting from their real estate job to fix their taxes? No. Pass the gravy, Clark, and give a pass to the officials. Hey, Ron, after that Tom Brady case, yeah, I do think the owners hire part-time lawyers. Anyway, <laughs> there is no one who deserves more of a break than Baltimore coach and friend of the show. John Harbaugh. You hear from people all the time how their club has been hurt, and yes, I mean that literally more than others. Yet look who he's lost. Terrell Suggs, friend of the show. Steve Smith, Justin Forsett, and Joe Flacco. All the season-ending injuries. Yeah, I know the Ravens are 3-7. and seven. People aren't happy down there, but... All their games have been decided by eight or fewer points, five by three or fewer, and one, the game versus Jacksonville. Yep, that was stolen from them by who? Ron's refs, which would have made Baltimore four and six, or a playoff contender in the AFC South. John Harbaugh deserves better. Derek, pardon him. You are what your record says you are, Clarky. My next turkey pardon goes to 49ers coach Jim Tomsula. I don't know if the man can coach or not, but 49ers general manager Trent Balky didn't do him any favors by gutting the roster of any talent this offseason. 
11 starters, including five pro bowlers, plus a pro bowl punter, are gone from a team that finished 8-8 eight eight a year ago and went to back-to-back NFC title games before that. It's hard to judge a coach when he's asked to win without any players. So Tom Sula gets a holiday pass this weekend. Pardon him, Derek. Well, I'll give you a guy to pardon. Poor Rex Ryan. Oh. Rex, Rex took it on the chin from Tom Brady again Monday night, losing 20-13 to 13, despite holding the Patriots to their lowest point total of the season. Ryan has now lost nine of his last ten against Brady and is 4-12 and 12 against him, dating back to his days as the Ravens' defensive coordinator. But it's not his fault, to quote my friend Clark Judge. Ryan's teams have never been as good as the Patriots, and the quarterbacks he's had to combat Brady are the following. Tyrod Taylor, he threw a Tyrod, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, and E.J. Manuel, who can't find the manual. Ryan regularly makes life miserable for Brady, as he did Monday night, but somehow his team can never quite close the deal. Is it Ryan dropping passes in the end zone? Is it Ryan sending a field goal off the upright? Is it Ryan fumbling on a punt return or being called for defensive holding? No. He may be a turkey. But pardon Rex Ryan. We're out of pardons and we're out of time. Up next, Roger Brown, former member of the Fearsome Foursome or Fearsome Foursomes and someone who cannot and should not be forgotten this time of year. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Football season is here and you can catch all the games inside Public House at Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Come to the ultimate Vegas tailgate party presented by Luxor December 4th, 5th, and 6th. Football fans score big with drink and food specials all weekend long and a special appearance and chalk talk with the legendary Jerry Rice on Sunday the 6th. Luxor is the place to catch all your football action. Luxor.com, best rate guarantee. And catch the Talk of Fame show live at the Luxor on Sunday December 6th. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, it's not enough to go on a weekend jog. Nowadays, so-called fun runs have barbed wire, mud bogs, and flaming hoops. Can poison blow darts be far behind? But Motel 6 is a safe stop in the long or short run. Always a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain. Book online at motel6.com. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Ow, was that a blow Geico applauds your inner road name. A slow clap goes out to your biker alter ego. You might be mild-mannered Michael in the office, the guy known for raising his hand in meetings, but out on the open road, it's Motor Mike. Geico supports you and your bike, Motor Mike, because beyond cars, Geico insures motorcycles, those glorious vroom-vroom machines. With 24-7 customer service and great rates, the only thing you'll be raising from now on is a heck of a good time. So head out on the highway and make that road yours, Mike. Make it yours. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you could save. Every single time you cough, a small miracle occurs. You create a cough cloud. Thousands of liquid droplets exit your mouth, shimmering like stars surfing on your breath. If you could see this cloud of saliva, it would be beautiful until it landed on your co-worker Barbara's chin. Or don't get Barbara sick. Take Robitussin DM Max instead. It soothes and delivers fast, powerful cough relief. Robitussin DM Max, because it's never just a cough. Use as directed. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. At 6'5 and 300 pounds, Roger Brown was the heaviest defensive lineman in the NFL in the 1960s. Yet, he ran the 100 in 10 seconds flat. True story. It's one of the reasons so many opposing quarterbacks ended up the same way when he pursued them. Flat. 
One of them, of course, was Green Bay's Bart Starr, who was sacked 11 times, six by Roger Brown, on Thanksgiving Day 1962. That was when Roger and teammate Alex Karras comprised what some consider the greatest defensive tackle combination in history, and when Roger was going to six straight Pro Bowls. A member of two fearsome foursomes, one in Detroit and later in Los Angeles, Roger Brown is now 78 and operates several restaurants near his Virginia home, where... In one of them, a statue of Bart Starr stands tall, even though we all agreed probably should be on its back. Roger, <laughs> thanks for joining us. That's rotten. Bart is a great friend, man. <laughs> well, he wasn't that and day in Thanksgiving, uh, Roger, in 1962. I was a young boy throwing a uh, turkey leg around the... Uh, around my living room because I was so excited about what you were were doing that day to the Packers. And you had, as you know, a Hall of Fame career in one day. Six sacks, a safety, uh, caused a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, and blocked a Jerry Kramer field goal. I don't think I left anything out, but uh, did you ever have a greater day than that playing football? I'm going to tell you, and and it's good that you brought it up at the start of the interview. Because now at 78 years old, it's still clear in my mind that day. I remember most of all that back then there were only 12 teams in the NFL. I had many games as great as that one. But the only thing you got to remember, that was the only game played on Thanksgiving Day in the whole U.S. of A. No college. No pro ball. It was just that game. Other games, I had to share the audience. <laughs> but I had a lot of I had a lot of games that good against the Bears, against all of them. But uh, that one got the notoriety. Roger, this that defense had four Hall of Famers and two others worthy of consideration in both Alex Karras and yourself. This was a truly great defense, a defense that stuffed Lombardi's greatest Green Bay team twice. But that defense is never mentioned in the discussion of great defenses. Had the Lions won an NFL title that year, would this defense be perceived differently? I've got to believe, yeah, we would have. The only thing to really think about, as good as we were, that game stood out. And I think when you really think about it now, let's go back to 1960. That was when Alex Carries, myself, Darius McCord, and Sam Williams found it, and we were given the name by a sports writer up in Detroit, Michigan. A guy named Bruno Kearns called us the Fearsome Foursome. So we were the original Fearsome Foursome. But none of us have gone beyond the Detroit gridiron. And then later I played with the L.A. Ram group, Deacon Jones, Merlin Olson, Lamar Lundy, myself. Two of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, but none of the original ones are in. So what's fair here? We're speaking with former Lions and Rams great Roger Brown and member of two fearsome foursomes. And Roger, Goose mentioned those great defenses in Detroit. How frustrating was it to play for so many years in the shadow of the Green Bay Packers when you had such an overpowering defense in Detroit? Well, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of hard because back then there were only 12 teams. Today, what is it, 32? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you played everybody twice, and that became a real grudge match. We always had a battle because Detroit and Green Bay 
decided to play a game on Thanksgiving Day. That was the only game you could watch. If you were going to eat a piece of turkey, you had to watch us try and kill Green Bay. <laughs> Did a pretty good job of it in 1962. <laughs> Yeah, that that day, uh, Roger. You know, he had, a, as you know, of course, uh, the team had eight sacks in the first half, and I and I really do remember watching with my brother and my dad, uh, with my mouth hanging open. I was a you know, young boy, barely out of diapers, uh, <laughs> as you kept flattening Bart Starr. And I just remember one picture where you on the safety where you just sort of jumped on him and just drove him into the ground. I'm just wondering, what did you see in their offense uh, that you guys felt you could? exploit that day or were you just that much better than the pack i don't think i saw anything particular i know i look at detroit as a team we played green bay up there and they went on to intercept the pass i think herb adderley intercepted pass ran it back they ended up beating us by one or two points that was still alive in our minds and we were going to make them pay for that game, and we just went out with blood in our eyes, and I think it showed. Yeah, you're right. right. That first game was nine to seven. That was, uh, uh, I think, the second week of the season up there. Terry Barr slipped. Yeah, Terry Barr slipped. That's right. Then, when you look at it, Paul Horning was the field goal kicker, and he ended up taking the game away from us. And I kind of made him pay for that later. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh... Roger, did you duck when Karras threw his helmet at Mill Plum in the locker room afterwards? Oh, no, I didn't see that. But uh, Alex was a tough competitor. I mean, he wanted everybody to give 100% just like he would. And if he got a little mad at Milt, I think he could have thrown everybody's helmet at everybody else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, it was... It was not Milk Plum, yeah. Plum's fault, because when he threw the pass, somebody had to catch it. Right. The only thing the wrong team caught it. <laughs> hey, Roger, few people know that the architect of that 1962 upset of the Packers was your defensive coordinator, Don Shula. He used that game as a springboard to a head coaching opportunity the following season with the Colts, and of course, the rest is history. Did you recognize his coaching brilliance playing for him? Oh, I did. Don was an outstanding guy. And the thing that's funny, I just played against him a year or so before that because he was with Baltimore. But Don was an outstanding coach. He drugged big Les Bingaman along as a line coach. But Les didn't have to do too much but drag me to the to the freight yards to get way in. <laughs> 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 We're with former defensive lineman Roger Brown on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Roger, as I mentioned up top, when you went to L.A., you became part of the fearsome foursome. But as I also mentioned, it was really the second fearsome foursome you were on. Uh, did you have anything to do with that foursome being nicknamed the fearsome foursome since you came from Detroit? Well, I tell everybody back then when I played with Detroit, and we would go out to play the Rams, we used to call those guys the Hollywood Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> because because uh, Rosie Greer was a singer at the time, and he was pretty big with, with the music side of it. But then when I went out, I said, okay, now we have the fearsome foursome 
West Coast. So I'd like to think that they were named that because of my acquisition, but they say no, they deserved it. So I said, <laughs> well, I'm here. There you go. <laughs> as, as you mentioned, of course, Alex Karras was a you know, tremendous player. He was one of three defensive tackles named to the all-decade team of the 60s. Uh, you probably would have been the fourth one if they picked four, as they do now. And he's the only one of those three not in the Hall of Fame. In your opinion, A, does he deserve to be in the Hall, and B, why do you think he's been slighted? Well, I've got to tell you, it's not up to me to make a decision like that. I think all of the guys I played with deserve all the recognition they can get. But one thing that Alex did that really was a nail in his coffin, and that was the fact that he bet on football games. I don't know if he bet on his own game or what he did, but that's the downside as far as Alex is concerned. But he was the best teammate I could have as a tackle next to me and learn all I did from him. He was a great asset to the game. The fact that he played as a defensive lineman and Mongo <laughs> in Blazing Saddle. <laughs> it's, either, it's either the National Football League Hall of Fame or an Academy Award. I don't know who <laughs> hey, one, one quick question that just popped back into my mind. Did you have any idea that Karras was doing those things? And were you surprised at the penalty that he got? Well, I was. We didn't really hang out together. So the little money that I got paid, I wasn't about to try and lose it <laughs> betting on somebody. <laughs> you know, back then, I think my first year was $8,000. Uh, and, and, and rent and, and food bills ate the rest of it up. So I didn't know he was doing it. No, he was pretty quiet with it, I guess. But I didn't ask him. And we palled around sometime down at the old Linda LAC, but I never saw money transpire or any betting or no one approached me and said, do you want to get into this? Because they knew I was broke. <laughs> hey, Roger, um, speaking of Hall of Fame, I mean, do you ever wonder why you haven't been discussed? I know Ron and I are in the senior committee. Your name has come up there. But why? You guy makes six Pro Bowls in 10 years. You play next to two all-decade tackles. Why do you think your name hasn't come up? I don't know. It, it's, it's a hard thing. I think everybody that's out there today that are members of the Hall of Fame had a group of people supporting them. The worst thing that happened to me is when Joe Schmidt traded me to the L.A. Rams. I was thinking it was going to be a help, but I think for the fact that Roger Brown didn't start his career and finish his career with the Lions was a downside. As to why I'm not there, I look at it another way. I helped other people get there. Hmm. I mean, I I look at Detroit, and we had a great defensive line. Four of our defensive backs are in the National Football League Hall of Fame. That's because we pressured the quarterback. We did things that made them shine. 
Hey, Roger, we've got to run, but I want to tell you, thanks for the time. We really enjoyed it. And here's to what many, you you got to run. many more <laughs> memorable Thanksgiving. I, thanks. I thought you were going to talk to me. <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> I mean, as, as, as old as I am to have somebody want to sit and talk football. Now, you guys got to remember, when you come to Virginia, you got to meet me at Roger Brown's Restaurant and Sports Park. We will. We will. We'll, we'll be we in will. touch with you. Every Thanksgiving. Um, every Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was former defensive lineman Roger Brown. And, boy, he was good. Up next, we get to talk about great rivalries, as in Packers-Bears. This is the Talk of Fame Network. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen, and save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Concentrated all-purpose Simple Green is the answer for versatile cleaning throughout your home and garage. I'm so certain you'll love Simple Green. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. To learn more, visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. Awesome, a 39-piece tool set. Daddy, what's a jack? A two-ton jack, sweetie. Here, Daddy's going to keep these safe for you in the garage, okay? This weekend only, head to AutoZone for great deals on gifts, like a 39-piece Duralast tool set for just $17.99, or other great deals on a two-ton trolley jack or a 51-piece screwdriver set. Huge savings on great gifts you're sure to, sorry, your family is sure to love. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Hey, listen up, people. Talk of Fame Network. Yep, we're about to go places. In fact, we're going to Las Vegas in the Luxor Hotel for a December 6th show and interviews. You can get started early by coming to the Ultimate Tailgate Party on December 4th, 5th, and 6th, presented by Luxor where you can score big with food and drink specials all weekend long. Hall of Famer Jerry Rice, who's a friend of the show, will be doing a chalk talk for the 49ers-Bears game at the Luxor Public House on Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. So stop by, see Jerry, or if you're in the area, come by and see us. Luxor is the best place to catch all the football action. That's Luxor.com, best rate guaranteed. We're also brought to you by MyCleanPC. You've heard about me Talking about this before, if your computer runs slowly, and whose doesn't, go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to clean up and what may be slowing it down. It works. That's MyCleanPC.com. 
And for more details on the Green Bay Detroit series, we went to Roger Brown. And, guys, that was a good interview. Um, he's 78. He's lucid. He was terrific. He's, of course, the defensive lineman who sacked Bart Starr six times 53 years ago, the Thanksgiving Day Massacre in Goose. I know you're a Detroit guy. What do you remember that game? The fury with which the Lions played. You know, as Roger Brown mentioned, the Lions went into Green Bay earlier in the season and lost 9-7 on a late interception that gave the Packers a short field and set up the game-winning field goal. That game, in fact, was a subject of one of the greatest football books ever written, Run to Daylight by Vince Lombardi. The Lions felt they were a better team that day in Green Bay and were intent on proving it on Thanksgiving. And boy, did they ever. In the 50-plus years I've been watching football, I'd put that defensive performance up against any because of the caliber of competition. That was Lombardi's greatest team. The Packers had five Hall of Famers on offense that day, plus two other members of the NFL's 50th anniversary team not enshrined in Canton, and the Lions destroyed them. Well, Goose, one of the reasons I asked you about it is A because you're Dr. Data, and B, because as you and Ron would recall, a year ago, we asked two others involved in that game, former cornerback Dick LeBeau, friend of the show, and former guard Jerry Kramer, friend of the show, what they remembered, and we got, as you recall, very (laughs) different responses. Derek, if you've got that Kramer interview, Let's hear what Jerry said and what he recalled about those 11 sacks of star. You know, it was an interesting game. Um, they had a wonderful defensive team. Uh, Alex Karras was a, a hell of a football player. There were five guys I played against. Leo Namalini, Artie Donovan, Charlie Kruger, Merlin Olson, and Alex Karras that I remember that stood out above the rest of the guys. On that particular day, they were so frustrated, and they were angry, and their emotional peak was about to explode. But they'd lost a game in Green Bay earlier in the year when they led 7-6, to six, and Milt Plum threw a little square out that Adderley intercepted. Corning kicked the field goal. We win 9-7. to seven. And they go schizo in our locker room. They're tearing things up. They're throwing <laughs> garbage cans. They just, they're about to kill Milt Plum. And so when we go to Detroit on that Thanksgiving day, they guessed, they gambled. Alex lined up on me. He lined up on the center. He lined up in the gap. He lined up outside. He guessed on every play, and they guessed, and they guessed right most of the time. Okay, that's one version. Now let's hear how Dick LeBeau remembered that game from the other side of the line of scrimmage. Time has a way of eroding Jerry's memory, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had played them early in the season up there, and uh, they had two field goals. We had one touchdown. I think there was only about a minute and 15 seconds to go in the game. Uh, We were leading 7-6. We had uh, gone for a third down pass. Uh, we were trying to kill the clock and hit it. Uh, so they got us to third down uh, a second time, and our receiver slipped, and the ball went right to, I think, Herb Adderley. They got a field goal there at the last seconds of the game to beat us. That game, I think, was the leading contributor to what happened on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, as a coach, player, whatever, I have never uh, been in a locker room that was as ready to play football as we were that Thanksgiving day. Well, you know, their coach, uh, George Wilson, said after the game when he was asked how this could happen, he said, our defense is better than theirs, uh, which, frankly, it was. Uh, and the thing I remember about the uh, the game was, as a kid, 
you know, I was a Giants fan like everybody in, in New England. And so I hated the Packers because they made life difficult for the Giants. And every time Roger Brown or Alex Karras uh, or Darius McCord fell on top of Bart Starr, I jumped on top of my brother, who was a Packer honk, drumstick in one hand and my arm around his throat with the other, Jack Tatum-like, and then boom, down on the floor we went. It was great. <laughs> well, Ronnie, it's not the Green Bay-Detroit games, the focus of our first installment of Great Rivalries. Instead, it's the Green Bay-Chicago series, and Brett Favre knows all about it. We had him on in the first hour, and he was part of some of those great games between the two, including, I remember, a 1995 game where he threw a 99-yard touchdown pass to Robert Brooks. But it's the oldest starting in 1921, though it is not the longest continuous rivalry reason. The two didn't play each other, and that strike shortened 1982 season. So that distinction goes to, who else, guys? Lions and the Packers. Anyway, it's one of the best, or at least it was, Goose until Favre. And Aaron Rodgers showed up in Green Bay. Yeah, but Clark, great, great rivalries so often are based on proximity. When you have overlapping fan bases, you have an air of testiness on game day. You know, Boston, New York in baseball, Montreal, Toronto in hockey, Brown Steelers football. Green Bay is just 200 miles up the road from Chicago. So there is a deep overlap in fan bases and a rivalry heated by 191 all-time meetings. Now, there have been 22 championships between these two franchises, 13 by the Packers, 9 by the Bears. They've, been, they've had two meetings apiece each season for decades along the way to those titles, and one team or other was usually standing in the way. This eight, the 63 Bears ended Green Bay streak of two consecutive NFL titles in Lombardi and three consecutive title game appearances. Bears fans came to hate Lombardi just as Packers fans came to hate Hallis. Ronnie, give me your greatest Chicago Green Bay memory. Well, for me, it was the 1999 Walter Payton game. Uh, you guys may remember that game. A guy named Brian Robinson, a little-known defensive end, reached up and blocked Ryan Longwell's 28-yard field goal attempt with seven seconds left, and the Bears win 14-13. to It was an emotional day, even though it was at Lambeau Field, because Walter Payton had passed away just six days earlier at the age mm -hmm. of 45. And While memorials were being held at Soldier Field, the Bears had to travel to Green Bay what nobody figured was going to be much of a game. Packers had beaten the Bears 10 straight times and held a 10-7 lead at halftime, but they couldn't hold it. And after it was over, uh, Brian Robinson said, Walter Payton, pick me up in the air. I can't jump that high, but he took me up there. Hey, Goose, there have been, as you know, a lot of great players to come in this series, including Walter Payton, but there have been 58 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, including Walter Payton, but that's soon to be 59 with Brett Favre's induction. Who are the one or two you remember best and why? Look, you've talked about how Kellen Winslow revolutionized the tight end position. Well, two decades earlier, it was Mike Ditka who revolutionized the position. In 1961, as a rookie, he became the first tight end in history to catch 1,000 yards worth of passes. He averaged, averaged 19 yards a catch with 12 touchdowns. Not even the great Kellen Winslow caught 12 touchdowns in a season or came within five yards of Ditka's 19-yard average. And Ditka put his numbers up when the NFL was a three yards in a cloud of dust league. Now, on the other side of the ball, what stands out to me was a Vince Lombardi quote. He said his offensive tackle, Forrest Gregg, was, quote, the best player he ever coached. This from a man who coached 12 Hall of Famers, and he picked a blocker, not a skilled player, as the best. Well, as I said, we're doing a great rivalry series, but as I also mentioned, this isn't really such a great rivalry anymore, and that's because Green Bay's hijacked it. Uh, they've won 10 of the last 11 games, including that 2010 conference championship game. 
Um, they became the first team to beat an opponent four times in one calendar year, and that team, of course, would be yep, Chicago in 2011. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's hard to beat the competition. The, the Bears have won 93 of these games. The Packers have won 92, and there have been six ties. And that, as Goose, you mentioned, plus the geographical proximity of the two cities, and that's important you mentioned that, plus the fact that this series stretches back to 1921 when, Ron, I think you were just getting started then. Anyway, <laughs> those things continue to make this, to me, what is a compelling rivalry. Well, you're right, and, and when you have such a long uh, history as these two teams have, you have so many ways to look at it. One of the ways I look at it uh, is the game, the Western Conference Championship game on December 14, 1941. Uh, was the first game played after uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Uh, it was they had each split their uh, their regular season games. They were both ten and one, and in that game, uh, Chicago had a guy named Hugh, uh, Hugh Gallinu who fumbled the opening opening kickoff, leading to a Packer touchdown, uh, which Clark Hinkle scored. That was the only lead the Packers would have as Chicago came back and scored 30 unanswered points. They held the Packers to 33 rushing yards on 36 attempts, and they gained 377 yards. A week later, they beat the Giants to become the uh, NFL champions for the second year in a row. But the most memorable thing about that was it was the first uh, professional sporting event after Pearl Harbor. Oh, well, okay. Well, now that you know everything about the Packers and the Bears, people, we're going to leave the Midwest and hear about someone making news in Florida. That would be Tampa Bay rookie quarterback Jameis Winston. And we'll be talking to Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman about him. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Every single time you cough, a small miracle occurs. You create a cough cloud. Thousands of liquid droplets exit your mouth, shimmering like stars surfing on your breath. If you could see this cloud of saliva, it would be beautiful until it landed on your co-worker Barbara's chin. Or don't get Barbara sick. Take Robitussin DM Max instead. It soothes and delivers fast, powerful cough relief. Robitussin DM Max, because it's never just a cough. Use as directed. Geico applauds your inner park ranger. Mother Nature appreciates the part of you that knows the difference between the red-bellied and the three-toed woodpecker. Geico also has specialized agents who admire your gusto for the great outdoors. Agents who help with more than just car insurance. These Geico agents can insure the RV that will take you and the whole family cross-country. The RV that makes National Forest synonymous with happy place. So what are you waiting for? 180 types of woodpeckers are ready to be identified. Geico for your RV. See how much you could save. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Like you, I'm a big sports enthusiast, and I want my gear to shine like new. That's why it's clean with Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Try it today. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. Awesome, a 39-piece school set. Daddy, what's a jack? A two-ton jack, sweetie. Here, Daddy's going to keep these safe for you in the garage, okay? This weekend only, head to AutoZone for great deals on gifts, like a 51-piece screwdriver set for just $9.99, or other great deals on a Duralast two-ton trolley jack, or a 39-piece Duralast tool set. Huge savings on great gifts you're sure to... Sorry, your family is sure to love. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Hey, 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 hey. 
Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And I'll tell you what, I would have liked to have had some of that GEICO insurance based on how I thought Ricky Jameis Winston would navigate this season. But he's been a surprise, at least to me. And last week, he threw for five touchdown passes, including four in the first half as the Bucks. Yes, the Tampa Bay Bucks won their fourth game in their last six outings. I don't know how he does it or how they do it, but I know someone who does. That's Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman of the Tampa Tribune. And Ira, what's going on with this guy? He couldn't avoid interceptions a year ago, not throwing them now. What's happened? Gentlemen, let me first start by saying it is a privilege to be with the Holy Trinity uh, of the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> You're on with God Rick, Ron, willing, and Clark. <laughs> uh, God willing, we'll all be together in uh, San Francisco uh, on the That's morning true. of February 6th for another eight-hour meeting, gentlemen. Look, as far as Seamus Winston's concerned, guys, he, he, he's I'm calling him the anti-Johnny football at this point in terms of the guy does love football. He's very, very passionate uh, about the sport, about putting the work in. In other words, everything that Manziel is not. It, it appears the Bucks made the right decision with the first pick. Having said that, Mariota's had a nice season. Uh, it's not his fault Tennessee's 2-8. and eight. But Winston, guys, since that game against Carolina, and it was a debacle, four interceptions and had a part in the fumble, five turnovers, never gave his team a chance to win in week four. Uh, since then, he's got nine touchdowns, two picks, and guys, two picks over a six-week period is impressive for a savvy veteran, even more so for uh, the first overall pick in the draft. Winston's been everything they asked for, guys, and more. How tough a call was it, Winston, over Mariota? You know, we know that um, Winston had some well-documented character flags. Mariota didn't. What tipped the scales in Winston's favor? Guys, really looking back in retrospect, I, I think the Bucks made this call about a year ago. I really do. I think they knew uh, they were moving on from McCown. They didn't know for sure they'd get the first pick. But if you guys saw them play that last game against New Orleans, uh, they did everything they could to make sure they didn't screw up that first pick. Uh, I looked up with, with with a quarter left in the game in the balance, and Levante David was on the sideline, and he was healthy. So that tells you how much they wanted that number one pick. They never wavered. They never wavered from Winston. There were some reports out there that, People inside the building, it was conflicted. It was never conflicted. They watched the kids. Everything else was just window dressing, the pro day, watching them uh, against Mariota. That decision was made. They just thought he was more pro-ready, uh, mm-hmm. came from a more pro-ready system uh, at FSU, loved everything about him, the fact that he was from the state, didn't hurt him, and they were undeterred by the um, rather serious uh, allegations against him which are still ongoing. He's got a civil suit hanging over his head, guys. It's not going to be uh, resolved till 2017. But instead of dwelling on that, this, this kid looks like he's uh, singularly focused on uh, helping this team play meaningful games in December. It's been a long time since I said that about the Tampa Bay Bucks, guys. We know, Ira, you were barely playing meaningful games in October many of those years. You know, Ron, they've been in the division basement. Now, I'm going to drop this one on, on you and your listeners here uh, because Goose knows that I like to do some original research once in a while. They, they have been in the NFC South basement 
four straight years. And according to my exhaustive research, no team since the merger in the NFC, no team in the merger since the merger has ever finished in a division basement five straight seasons. So they're trying to avoid uh, infamy here, and, and it looks like they're doing it. Uh, and with the Falcons fading, they could very easily end up finishing second uh, in you know, that division this year. I've always said no one knows bad football like Ira Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> i got to tell you, Ira, that's more years in the basement than I spent with my first wife. It's pretty good. But, uh, uh, but here's and my question. And productive out here. And <laughs> Yeah, here's my question for you. What has surprised you the most about Jameis Winston? The amount of times he can get it in the end zone or the amount of times he hasn't gotten in trouble? I'll tell you, Ron, it's an intangible, and here's what I mean. And you know this guy better than anybody. To me, what has been the most startling is the effect he's had on guys like Logan Mankins and Vincent Jackson. Hmm. Uh, these guys have seen it all, been playing for a long time. But when you, when you ask them about Jameis Winston, and you know Mankins, Ron, he, he's a straight shooter. Yes, Straight absolutely. shooter. You know, he's not prone to hyperbole. Neither is Vincent Jackson. They, they can't stop talking about Winston's will to win, his enthusiasm. Um, it, it, it's sort of infectious, and, and it even reached these, uh, these grizzly veterans. To me, that's the most uh, startling and surprising thing but I always asked one question leading up to the draft, uh, Ron, when I would talk to the GM or, or Lovey Smith. Does this guy love football? Does he love football? And they'd say, guys, if we know one thing about him, it's that he loves football. And it goes a long way. Guys, you've got to put the work in at that position, especially as a rookie. And you notice he hasn't made a peep uh, outside of the sports pages. Uh, that's the best news of all for Buck fans. Right. Hey, Ira, and we're speaking with Ira Kaufman of the Tampa Tribune. Ira, we've got a minute left, so give me the long-range forecast for this guy vis-a-vis Mariota. I mean, I always said Mariota would be the guy like those bucks. I was undeterred, but I always said that we'd be talking about Mariota in three years, and we wouldn't be talking about Jameis Winston. Now I'm not so sure. How about you? Well, you know, I didn't know whether his demeanor was an act, uh, you know, uh, around the draft. I mean, everybody, that smile the winning smile, the personality. Now, having been with this kid um, almost every day, uh, you know, since training camp, uh, I don't think you can manufacture it, Clark. It's genuine. The love for the game, the passion, always talking about his teammates, that goes a long way. Uh, He's making much better decisions than any of the four of us ever thought he would at this stage in his career. Uh, He looks like the real deal. Uh, look, he's not Russell Wilson, but he's got four rushing touchdowns. The knock on him was he was immobile, he was heavy leg. Uh, that turned out to be uh, possibly false. Um, it's all positive right now, guys. Uh, now, let me throw this in there. Five years ago, they thought they had their guy in Josh Freeman. We know what happened there. So you never know. But Freeman, I don't think, had the same passion that this guy has for football. Yeah, we've got to go. But thanks for joining us, and you know what? Best of luck filling that Bucks bandwagon. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Enjoy it. See you, man. Thanks, Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman of the Tampa Tribune. And this this is the two-minute drill. I'm calling the plays, and I want to get rolling. So, Derek, get that clock started. I'm having trouble finding Rebus Island. Where is it? Flooded by a DeAndre Hopkins tidal wave. Right next to Alcatraz. <laughs> your career advice to Peyton Manning. To quote Chuck Noll, it's time to get on with your life's work. 
quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, hasta la vista, baby. Which Hall of Fame long shot has your vote? Sam Mills. No smaller player on the ballot, no bigger hurt. If you don't put Ty Law in that category, which you should not, then it's got to be Morton Anderson. No kickers can kick in the door to the Hall of Fame. Plymouth Rock, Rock Hudson, or Rocket J. Squirrel? Rocket J. Squirrel and Bullwinkle J. Moose, of course. <laughs> Plymouth Rock, no rock, no pilgrims. No pilgrims, no Thanksgiving. No Thanksgiving, no turkey. Why should Philadelphia be thankful for Chip Kelly? That town couldn't wait to get rid of Andy Reid's, so they could be thankful for that and also may want to rethink that. That's easy, Clark. It gives them something to laugh at instead of the Mummer's Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> Better undercard, Rivers Gates or Sanchez Sproles? Rivers Gates. At least those two are on the Hall of Fame radar. Rivers Gates. As a boxing guy, I like the heavyweights. Complete this phrase. Case Keenum and concussion protocol go together like? Dean Blandino and quality officiating. Ow. Like politics and truthfulness. Colts are the Texans. Texans. Houston is a top 10 defense. Indiana, a bottom 10. And you guys know how much I love defense. <laughs> Texans, Billy O. The Mayflower, May West, or Brandon Flowers? May Mary, North Carolina, Andy, Opie, Barney, Gomer, and Goober. <laughs> 1-800-Flowers. Weren't they one of our advertisers? <laughs> they were. They're gone. The Walking Dead is A, a story about a zombie apocalypse, B, a history documentary of the Bills versus Tom Brady, or C, the story of this year's San Diego Chargers. The Chargers, 10 weeks in, and they are definitely dead and barely walking. Wow, I still got to agree with the goose. The Chargers, they make the Jaguars look like the Panthers. <laughs> Black Friday, Black Sunday, or NFL blackouts? Black Sunday. I was there in, at the Orange Bowl at Super Bowl X when they filmed the crowd scenes for that movie. <laughs> blackouts. Who wants to watch the Chargers? <laughs> what should Roger Goodell be thankful for? Only five weekends left in the worst year of his life. The size of his buyout package. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank Brett Favre, Roger Brown, and Ira Kaufman for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you want to catch this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes. Otherwise, look for us on this station at this time next week. Look for you then. Hi, Tom Bodette. These days, the Internet is full of quizzes to find out what kind of fruit you are or what movie character you're most like or what state you belong in. Well, take it from this tangerine space cop who apparently belongs in Alaska. You won't find any quizzes at motel6.com. Just lots of clean, comfortable rooms for the lowest price of any national chain. Now, let's see. Am I more like a mild Swiss or a smoked Gouda? Well, I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Do you freak out every time you break out? Try Proactive. There's a huge reason Proactive is the number one acne treatment. It totally works. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944.